Welcome to the Robert Affolter Show. It is, what is it? <laughs> it is Monday, uh, February the 14th of 2022, and happy Valentine's Day. I am uh, leaving the office a little bit early to meet my Valentine, and we're taking care of our grandson Harrison tonight. So that will be our Valentine evening, and my son Ben and his wife Gina are taking a little uh, break from watching their son tonight. So we're giving them a night out. Anyway, I want to talk about economics and give you just a little bit of economic theory because some seem to not understand if I'm talking about economics, just what I'm talking about. So this is going to be just a brief explanation of supply and demand curves. I may actually do a video on this too. It might make it a little easier. But if you can imagine a chart and up the y-axis, so going vertically, is dollars. So more dollars at the top and zero dollars at the bottom. <clears throat> and going to the right is units of production. So whatever it is, let's, in, in business, we all always talk about widgets for whatever reason. So we'll use widgets as the example. So you start with zero widgets where the y-axis meets the x-axis in the far left, and it goes up in increasing numbers across the x-axis to your right. So going up the scale, you go up in dollars, and going across the right, you go up in volume. So we're going to use that same situation, and first thing we're going to look at is supply. And to me, this just all makes sense. Let's see if this will make sense to you. So if we had, um, if we were given zero dollars for something, <clears throat> how many do you think people would produce? We're going to talk about the, the supply equation right now, the supply graph. So if you were paying zero dollars, how many think people would produce? Probably zero, right? Nobody's going to produce something if they're not going to make any money on it. So that's a, the first thing of economics is that people only do things when it's to their economic advantage. <laughs> so that's the first law. And I found 10 laws that we'll go through uh, some other time. But right now, I just want to go through these this uh, supply and demand curves. So if you were going to pay $1, so you go up one element, $1, one increment on the, on the y-axis going up vertically, how many do you think somebody might supply now? Well, if widgets were cheaper than a dollar, you might get maybe one, right? Somebody might produce one because they make a little bit of money. Now, what if we said, well, the price of widgets doesn't go up. No, I mean, the cost of them doesn't go up. But what if someone were to say, well, I'd give you $1,000 for a widget. Now, how many do you think would be supplied? Probably quite a few, right? So what we're seeing is as price goes up, supply goes up. More people are going to want to make something if they think they're going to make money at it. So the laws of economics are really about psychology, in my opinion. <laughs> so you just look at psychology, okay? If someone's going to offer you more money to make something, are you going to make more of it or are you going to make less of it? Well, you're probably going to make more of it, right? Now, that's the supply side. Now, what about the demand side? So we're going to look at the same two axes and let's, let's think about demand. So if something costs nothing and it was something that was useful, how many do you think people would buy? Well, probably about as many as they could get, right? So suddenly the number side goes probably all the way as far as your paper goes if it costs nothing but it still is useful 
However, if it goes up to a dollar, you'll have fewer people buy. Because now it actually costs something. And now imagine it goes up to $1,000 per widget. Now how many will people buy? Not very many, maybe. If it goes up to a million, you might be down to zero. So the point is that if something costs very little, more people are going to want it. If something costs a lot of money, even if more people want it, fewer people can afford it. So as cost goes up, as price goes up, using the demand equation, fewer people can buy. So it's the reverse of the supply equation. So what you wind up is an X. And when I worked at IBM, <laughs> one, of my, one of my colleagues used to just put his arms up in an X, right? And he'd say, this, this is the supply curve and this is the demand curve. And where they cross, that's going to be the price. And using economic theory, I guess we'll call it, economic theory, that would be your price. The price is where the supply curve and the demand curve both cross. So just think about it. As, as price goes up, more people are going to want to supply, and there will be a reduced demand. And as price goes down, fewer people want to supply, and there's increased demand. So if we want, if we want consumption, if we want the demand equation to go down, what we want to do is increase the price. And that's the idea behind taxing cigarettes or taxing gasoline or whatever tax we want to put on something, we're going to increase the price so that fewer people purchase. Now, what happens if we artificially constrain supply, so not as much as available, but demand is the same? Well, price goes up. Because people want it, and they have to, and the, I'm thinking of gasoline right now. If people want gasoline, they've got to have gasoline to get to work. The demand can't change because they got to do certain things. they got to be able to get to work. Now, they're going to be willing to pay more for gas up to a point. And then at some point, they're going to say, hey, how about if we carpool? I can't afford all this gas. How about if we carpool and, and share the gas expense? And as things like that happen, or somebody says, I got to buy a car that's more fuel efficient, as things like that happen, the demand goes down. So what I'm trying to get across to you here is how you can see how the supply and demand work together. And if we don't have government intervention, that's, that's one thing that can, can constrain or kind of um, alter what would be the normal supply and demand. The other thing that can alter it is if we have collusion among the suppliers or, for that matter, the purchasers, the consumers. So if the consumers boycott something and refuse to buy, that can lower demand, right? Or if the suppliers collude together and, and keep their prices high, then that affects the supply and demand. So basically, when we think about the supply and demand situation, we're talking about in a free market without interference. And if we have interference, if we have uh, suppliers colluding together to keep prices high, that's why we have antitrust laws. <laughs> to break that up and stop that, because that hurts, hurts the economy. 
Now, what we can't have, though, is we can have the government step in to reduce supply, which is what we're having. And that affects prices, too. Or if we put more money into people's pockets so that they can afford to purchase more, that increases demand as well. Now, one of the things I posted on Facebook was, okay, so what if we reduce supply, like with oil, if we stop the pop pipeline and we, we try to encourage people not to buy oil, but what we really do is reduce the supply. And at the same time, we give people more money so that they can afford to pay more. What's going to happen to prices? Well, they're going to go up because we, we don't have people going, hey, you know, I just can't afford this oil anymore. You know, we got we to gotta start carpooling. We got to start doing something. No, they go, well, I can afford it. You know, I got extra money now. So that's kind of the psychology I want to get across today. And if you understand supply and demand just a little bit better, I think you'll find you can play the, play the game a little bit better. And you'll better understand the politics behind some of the things that are happening. All right, Robert Affolter signing off, helping you play the game of life. Thanks for listening.